Good afternoon, Patriots, and it is January 10th, Tuesday in the year 2023. I'll tell you, this new Congress is promising all sorts of great things, but <laughs> just so you know, your taxpayer dollars now are going to be training Ukrainians in Oklahoma at the base there on how to use Patriot systems, and it's going to start as early as next week, so go Congress. Go everybody. No one's talking about stopping Ukraine. You know that. So if they're not going to stop, talk about stopping Ukraine, that just means things are going to continue to unwind and to accelerate, which means we need things like iTarget Pro. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. iTargetPro. Yeah, you want one of those things. Those are pretty awesome. Saves your ammo cost, too. Hey, you know, speaking of that, this guy down in Texas who shot an armed robber at the Houston taco joint, no surprise on this. If you haven't seen the footage, he's going to be facing a grand jury, and it's going to suck because that grand jury is the DA down there is funded by George Soros money. But if you watch that video, and just just a word of caution, I mean, on one level, I can't disagree the the idea that you know he stopped the robber, but he didn't just stop the robber. He shot him, dropped him. The guy was down. He went up and put two more in the back of his head. So. It just is a what this reflects to me is the level of frustration and anger that's welling in society, and it's real. But nonetheless, taking a life is a big deal, and they look very carefully at how you proceed in these self defense issues. They are not going to give you a lot of grace if you've done more than self defense. He's gone on the that was basically at the end just an execution. So. I again, I totally understand and in compassion to everybody's frustration out here of the anger of these of this mob rules. And there's plenty of it. And we're being let down by a system that is honoring the criminal and not honoring the citizen. And if anything, most of the we have so many DAs and we have so many judges and we have so many politicians that deserve a noose. That's a given. Unfortunately, we still have to be bound by some of these rules. So just again, as you're training and as you're keeping your head in this game, you're trying to neutralize a target, not execute it, if you are confronted with a, with a life-threatening threat. So be aware of that. If your life is in danger, you just make sure that you are using effective force but not excessive force. That's a big deal. Just have to say it because it's, uh, it's a very real consequence. Otherwise, I suspect this guy is probably going to be doing some jail time, unfortunately. But... That's just because you're going to get a bleeding heart jury that's basically basically going to say, yeah, but he did. He was misunderstood. It's like not misunderstood in my book, but unfortunately, that's what he's going to get. 
in other news, this piece came up. This is an older piece, but it's really interesting. I'm going to play it here before the prayer. This is um, on Fochi. This was done um, a prelude and then a piece by one guy, and then this is done with Alex Jones on the origin of Fochi's name. Very interesting. Hey, Siri. What does the Italian surname Fauci actually mean? Southern Italian. Metonymic occupational name for a sickle maker or someone who used a sickle from Sicilian Fauci sickle. And guess what the Fauci family name means? It means the sickle. You know what the Grim Reaper carries. And I went, you know, that's funny. So I thought, let me look up the Fauci family from Italy. Let me look up Fauci's background because memory was telling me that the Grim Reaper with a sickle came out of Italy in the 14th century and then spread around Europe and then to Russia and other parts of the world. And sure enough, I looked it up. The Grim Reaper with his sickle comes from the 14th century, the Black Plague in Italy, from actually the same region that Fauci's from. And people with the name Sickle were then associated with death and the Grim Reaper. Can you believe that? It's like history repeating itself, which makes you wonder, like, what did they actually do in the Black Plague? What was that really? There's a lot of theories that that was not what we think it is. I should do a a research on that some night. It looks like they may have used that as the way to shift the calendar at that point in time too, killing a whole bunch of people and installing the Roman secret societies into power. Just a theory, but it's interesting nonetheless. But we are in a very interesting time nonetheless, and many things are in our face, and they are going to be revealed as we go along. But take a listen to this, and we're going to come back to this after the prayer, but this is a, a thing that came up today on Anderson Cooper's show on CNN. I need to stress that, CNN. Everybody in politics is laughing their rear end off tonight that this happened to Joe Biden, given how strident his commentary was in attacking Donald Trump about this in the first place. So, yeah, it's it's a big deal politically. And so we'll end it with a little piece here from The Office. Well, well, well. How the turntables... Just let that one set in for a minute. All right, patriots, let's pray. Father, we are blessed here to be once again assembled in this amazing connection we have across the globe with people all over listening and joining in in prayer for our world. It's not just for our nation. It's for our world. And though right now we seem to be highly focused, so many thoughts are focused on the United States, but the fact of the matter is the world is in upheaval. It's in change. We have so many people uprising. We have people in the streets in Paris. We have people in the streets in throughout Europe. We have people in the streets in Brazil. We have Mexico with a massive war going on down there with accordingly, apparently over 150,000 people currently dead in Mexico. It's a revolution that's happening on our civil war, happening on our southern border. Father, the world's in upheaval. And so we're praying right now for the many out here that as we walk with Christ to be able to open their eyes, truly settle in with what that joy in Christ is, but most importantly, to be able to start being firm in their stand. We're in a confusing time as well, Father. People looking to this idea of love, which is viable and essential, but somehow wanting to capitulate and give in to these lines. When we face pure evil, Father, we just pray that people will have the strength and understand that pure evil is not something we negotiate with. 
Pure evil is pure evil. And we have a responsibility in the face of evil to speak truth, not to kowtow, not to step away, not to convince ourselves somehow that, well, they will not hear this. Our responsibility, Father, and we pray that people will start to hear this in their hearts is to sow seeds constantly, even in the face of an enemy that doesn't want to hear it. You can only imagine a moment with David coming up to Goliath, looking at Goliath and saying, oh, you're not going to understand me, and seeing the consequence of that. But David didn't. David stood before Goliath. David spoke the truth about what Goliath had done. He had defamed you. And in so doing, he's held his ground against Goliath and ended up being quite victorious, including cutting off his head. Father, we're praying for the revival of that sort of spirit in, in faith and in Christ, the strength to flip tables and have compassion yet for the, to heal the sick, the, the strength to confront the Pharisees in the temple and yet to cast out demons. This compassion to stand be, and, and strength and fearlessness to stand between the accusers of the adulteress and the adulteress herself, to disarm them with words and yet send her on the way with the, no, the unbelievable words, go and sin no more. Father, that takes strength, and we know it takes strength. It doesn't take weakness, and unfortunately, people hide their weakness behind this category of love. We must love our neighbor. That doesn't mean not stand up for truth. We must love our neighbor. Yes, we must. But we must also be bold in the truth and the word. And so we're praying, Father, that people will start to revive that fire and that righteousness in their belly to understand that we have a very active role in this time. There are no guarantees here. There are no guarantees that this war will be won the way we want. All we have to do is go to the story of Habakkuk to remember that they were Israel was taken over by the Babylonians. And that was by your hand. You even told Habakkuk that. So, Father, we have an active role to play. We're praying very, very heavily in our heart today that people will step in and take that role. Start understanding that our responsibility is in the here and the now. We have an obligation as we walk with Christ to stand boldly before this evil, to not let this evil go away, to not shy away. And we need to congratulate the heroes that are doing just this and going into the enemy's camps and presenting the truth, even if the enemy freaks out and loses their mind. Big deal. Truth is truth. And the seeds of truth are then placed before them, and there are things that they cannot deny. And though they will try, and though the father of lies will try to twist this and hold them and hold their grip, we never know when a seed will take root. The parable of seeds is so profound because it's not just about sowing seeds in fertile ground. It's the opportunity to sow seeds continually, not knowing what seeds will also take root. And even those seeds on the rocks will not necessarily have this, the ability to grow as fertile in, in, the, in the rich soil. They Nonetheless, there will be some that will take root. And we just pray that people will appreciate this powerful place, the role that we have, this incredible space of being in a world where we can transform this world by the efforts that we make in continually pushing forward with this love in kingdom, the appreciation of love for our neighbor. But love does not mean shying back. Love at times is painful. Love is that place to stand before somebody and to speak truth even when they don't want to hear it. Love does not mean being accusatory, being demeaning. We're not doing that, but we are holding the line of truth. And so we pray that people will hear this message 
and take it into their hearts and have that courage as they step into the world. A world that literally could transform if everybody would come forward and speak truth and demand the truth be adhered to, demand the accountability of truth. We have, we're led in a country by leaders, congressmen, politicians, media personalities, entertainers, corporate leaders who work on a daily basis to manipulate and lie to protect their personal and best interest. We need to move a nation back to a place where truth is of a public importance. Truth is a reflection of our relationship to you. Truth is a reflection of all that we are, not just as a person, but by those that we represent. And truth is not an easy rock to stand on. So we pray for courage in truth. We pray for righteousness in the words that we speak, to remember that the words that we carry carry the power of life and death, to revive the understanding of the true nature of who we are. And not to roll over, not to be the dead cockroach, not to be the doormat for evil, simply because, well, I don't want to confront it. Therefore, I will change the message and say, we must be good in the faith and not deal with those that don't want to hear us, but reflect the goodness of you in the world. Reflecting the goodness of you, the greatness of the kingdom, Father, we know in our heart, if we're honest, is to be bold even when it seems impossible to be the David, to be the Jesus in those moments. So let the power of truth settle in. Let the righteousness of those fires burn within the heart and let us stand and be bold in this time. And our prayers are laid here before you to give strength to the many. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is a, it came from a post I saw, which if you go to the family room, I was kind of brutal on it, like really brutal. But it really is, it's a post that really got under my skin for a good reason. And basically what it was is a woman that has been going into universities and she's been confronting the transgender community with Christian values. But it's not just Christian values, it's straight biology. She's holding to the principle that there are two genders. And of course, she the, the, the room loses its mind on her. And so the, the, the post that was brought over from another channel was that as Christians, we shouldn't bother. We shouldn't bother to do this. This isn't our place. We need to reflect God only in showing the goodness of it. And these people don't want to hear us. That is not the way Christ worked. And that is so anti-biblical, I can't believe it. Hence my reason for being pretty harsh. And you're welcome to go read it. My post is pinned. The point is that Christ flipped tables. He went into the temple and challenged the Pharisees. He was fearless. And he knew that they probably wouldn't listen to him. But it was nonetheless that he walked into those territories to speak the truth, and it's something we have an obligation to do because that is part of walking with Father and walking in kingdom. It is becoming an interesting thing to observe how many people are trying to skate around this and use the idea of faith as a shield to give them an excuse not to have to confront the difficult places. And so what happens is instead of saying, I'm going to confront things, it's like, um, they don't want to hear me. They're, 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 they're evil. Their minds are closed. Therefore, I won't bother because I only want to reflect Father in a positive way. I want to reflect heaven in a positive way. No, you've just jerked the whole deal right there is what you did if you're one that does that. Because the fact is that we are expected to occupy, expand, and subdue. That is the principles of why we are here. We are behind enemy lines. 
And until we start to get the fire in our belly and start to have the courage to face people with truth, we're not getting anywhere here. They're railing over us because we don't have the strength to stand up and speak truth to them. If you listen to the show last night on Bards FM, I played the piece of a young man, probably 25 years old, who held the line respectfully of truth in front of an officer that was challenging him with the threat of possible arrest. The young man was right. Truth won. See, this is it. If we don't have those strengths and courage, we'll end up right back where we were because this is where we have, why we've gotten here. We've cast away our responsibility to a Republican Party, to a Democrat Party, to a, to a police officer, to somebody we elect. They must know how my life is supposed to run. Therefore, I shall obey. Obedience gets us to a place of hell very quickly when it's not of heaven. And the institutions of men are not of heaven, especially these. These are of Lucifer's hand. This cannot speak more. So this is such an important point here to get, because if we don't start moving forward in this year and taking those firm stands with knowledge and the strength of our faith, this is kind of like standing in front of a freight train with a thermos and thinking you're going to stop it because it's not going to work. I'm telling you, it's, this is an important time for all of us. I got that thermos image from Steve Martin. If you didn't ever see <laughs> this is the, I'm going to get a thermos for you. Yeah, anyway, you have to see the film. That's the jerk. Can't redo it fairly here, but what can I say? It was it was a it was a subtle intertextual reference to a film that I enjoyed. It was it was a good parody. What can I say? All right, so let's give you a quick update on the house rules. This is interesting, and then I'll add something else. Here we go. Here's a sampling of just what's in this this common sense package. First, every single member of this body will have at least 72 hours to review each bill. Second, members will now be forced to vote in person rather than in pro via proxy. Personally, I have never voted proxy, and for me it's pretty simple. If you collect a paycheck, you should show up. After nearly three years of abusing this historic voting change, we are finally putting an end to proxy voting. If my husband, as a first responder, along with thousands of other first responders across this country, showed up every single shift at the height of COVID without complaint, members of Congress should be able to do the same. Now, on November 29th, I testified before the Rules Committee that single-issue bills are one of the single most important things we can do to restore trust in this institution. I am proud to report that this package includes this new requirement, and that is that all members certify their bills introduced in the House address a single issue. A huge thanks goes to my friend and colleague from Virginia, Representative Morgan Griffith, for his work on this issue. Additionally, this rules package establishes a brand new select committee that will be tasked to investigate the weaponization of the federal government. No longer will the DOJ be allowed to target parents who show up for their kids. No longer will the FBI be able to collude with social media companies to censor Americans. Finally, in the ultimate move to drain the swamp, and one that I am particularly proud of, this rules package it reinstates the Holman Rule, which allows members of this body to offer amendments to appropriations bills to reduce the salary or to fire certain employees or cut federal programs. These unelected bureaucrats, the true, real swamp creatures here in D.C., have run roughshod over the American people without consequence, and today marks our first, but certainly not our last, move to hold them accountable. So my comments on this is it's impressive for what we're hearing. Let's see some action. It is definitely a direction change that is much needed and long overdue. I am always going to be caution, cautious on how far Congress will go, considering most of them are Masons, if not all of them, and they're all part of the same cult. But 
in the sense of what we're talking about and in the sense of getting some clearing, cleaning of the swamp in D.C., again, strategic level things, it is the right direction. They did defund the new IRS agents yesterday, which was tip of the hat to the McCarthy uh, to the McCarthy new house. So that's good. We'll see how this goes and we'll see how they continue to go. The one thing that we cannot let up on is the accountability. We as the people have to keep pressure on them. And that is the one action we can do, whether or not you believe it works. I'm always going to be skeptical, but it's still something that we need to try. I've always said it's far better to send a letter than an email and letters shouldn't be, shouldn't be, uh, cookie cutter, meaning it shouldn't be a generic letter that everybody sends the same thing. But I will tell you that they all have mail rooms, assuming that Washington, D.C. is even working. I'm not even sure, but we'll, we'll pretend that it is for a moment, meaning that I don't even know that they're at D.C. We have no idea. Remember, we didn't see anybody on the outside. So we're, we're going a little bit on the blind here to assume that our government is working because we all are playing into this kabuki theater. And so we'll play along. So I would recommend that writing a letter it's better than an email because all they do is put a tag on it and it goes to their spam spot of when it comes in, when you email them. When they write them, you overload the mailroom. So when a congressman gets 5,000 letters, they basically tell him that we can't wait till you get home because we're going to lynch you. <laughs> we're going to lynch you if you do this bill again. Those sorts of loving comments like that. That's probably a, a, a thing that he would be encouraged to listen to his constituents. One of the biggest problems we have with Congress is they've lost the fear of the people. That needs to be reinstated for certain. Here's an interesting thing that brings up a question about Wuhan. Take a listen to this right here. This is from Rogan's show. When you're, when you're saying that China has 10 years to go, at most, what do you mean by that? Well, we now know that they've lied about their population statistics and they're, they overcounted their population by over 100 million people, all of whom would have been born since the one child policy was adopted. So this is one of those places where they've got more people in their 60s and their 50s and their 40s and their 30s and their 20s. Now, what was the logic behind the one child? Was it that they were overpopulating? Mao was concerned that as the country was modernizing, the birth rate wasn't dropping fast enough and that the young generation was literally going to eat the country alive. So they went through a breakneck urbanization program which destroyed the birth rate. At the same time, they penalized anyone who wanted to have kids. And both of those at the same time have generated the demographic collapse we're in now. And the problem with that also was that they wanted male children. Yeah, there's a cultural aspect to that too. And obviously, men can't have kids on their own. <laughs> that's a stunning comment. Last one was amazing. Men can't have kids on their own. Well, no kidding. Tell that to the transgenders in the LGBTQ movement. Amazing. What, I, what that is important to look at is, remember the number of people that died in Wuhan with all the cell phones that vanished were suddenly abandoned? I think it was like 10 million or something. China has jerked its numbers around and mis, misguided the world on its actual uh, census numbers, which I'm sure is the same here, by the way, on steroids here, probably off by about 100 million on this country. China has said it's 100 million is probably off by two or 300 million. All of that has to do with money and graft and the whole thing. But... They are in a very real big crisis in the long run because they don't have the birth rate to sustain their elderly population. They are a country that's on its dying legs. And in the next, you will see an incredible decline coming because the elderly now are coming out of the workforce and there's no one to backfill them. The world is shrinking. The world is changing. People are dying off and there's birth rates not to match the growth and the expansion of humanity. We'll have to see how this all goes. Keep frosty.
That's the bottom line. Last comment, because I saw a comment up here on chat that they said the voting to repeal the IRS agents means nothing as the same won't change. The Senate won't change it. I'm not sure that's true on that statement because they voted to repeal the funding. And I do believe since the House has the power of the purse that they can withdraw the funding. I may be wrong on that. I'll check it. But I believe the House can withdraw the power of the purse without the Senate's approval, but I'll check on that. They do. This House's primary role is the power of the purse, one of the big ones. All right, patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.